tackle the elections. Politics on what women want from Washington. And Dan Celia takes the mystery out of your finances. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike Huckabee. Gosh, I love it when we've got a great audience out here, and we do tonight, from our theater in Hendersonville, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. Got to tell you, I voted early, so it's too late to change my vote. But that wasn't going to happen anyway. You know, I like to vote early. That way, even if I die before Election Day, I'm going to be voting just like all the other dead people who vote every election year. I used to say in Arkansas that if you don't get the cemetery vote, you're going to have a hard time getting elected. <laughs> in fact, one reason I believe in the resurrection is because on election day, I'm used to seeing all the dead rise and go vote. <laughs> in my home county on election day years ago, two guys were in the cemetery taking names from tombstones so they could go down to the courthouse and vote those folks as absentee voters. As one guy moved away from an old time-worn tombstone, his co-worker said, hey, did you get the name off that tombstone? His partner said, nah, it was so weather-worn, I couldn't make out the name. His friend said, you get back over, you come up with a name, because that fella has as much right to vote as anybody else in this cemetery. <laughs> you know, the only thing equal to a dead person voting is a living person not voting. <laughs> or a living person voting without having a clue what the candidates are really about. <laughs> Might as well just give your ballot to a corpse. Because not voting is saying, ah, just do whatever you want, I don't care. If somebody says, I'm not gonna vote, it's like saying, raise my taxes, so I'm paying more of the paycheck that I work for to the government, more than I even keep for my family, that's fine. It's like saying, open the borders and pay no attention to who's coming in and why. <laughs> well, sure, why not? It's saying, destroy my children's schools by focusing on politically correct policies of general-neutral bathrooms instead of math, science, language, and history. It's like saying, oh, treat the police like criminals and treat criminals better than you treat the victims of the crime. It's like saying, Oh, just have a government that tramples on a citizen's right to free speech, freedom of religion, and the right to defend themselves against a criminal. You know, it's the equivalent of saying it's okay to kill a million babies a year while in their mother's womb and make me pay for the killings. Well, that's just about choice, right? But the baby never got a choice. And if the government decides that it wants your property for its own use to make money for itself or some developer, and it refuses to even pay you for your property, well, just consider that a donation to the government. And if elected officials take big cash payouts from lobbyists or unions, and they do just what those folks want, even if it adversely affects you and your family, well, hey, you said it's okay. You might even be saying, I'm sure they mean well. You see, not voting is a bad idea. But voting because you like someone's TV commercials or because they seem to have such a nice personality, that's sometimes really getting taken for a ride. Now, there are clear lines drawn in this year's elections. It doesn't matter if you like the candidate personally so much as that you are in agreement with where that candidate you vote for is going to take your community, your state, or your nation. Just remember... Just remember that Bernie Madoff was a thief with a personality so convincing that he persuaded highly educated, wealthy people to give him their money, and they lost it all. 
Because if a politician promises you free college, free health care, guaranteed income for life, and an end to violence, but then advocates yelling at people in restaurants and gas stations and shopping centers and has a record of using government agencies to destroy those who have a different point of view and believes that if you're a person of faith, you just ought to keep your mouth shut, your mind shut, and take down every cross, every statue, and every symbol that is offensive to somebody, then you ought to be smarter than the victims of Bernie Madoff. I put it this way, vote with some common sense. There is no free anything. Somebody's got to pay for it. There can be no peace if we don't have the peacemakers of our military and our police agencies. And there will be no jobs if it costs so much to operate a business with high taxes and regulations that business has to leave America just to make something. I'm not saying you have to vote like me, although I sure wish you would. <laughs> but I would say vote with your mind and your heart. Because unless both your mind and heart are dead, and then, well, you can just vote like all those other people in the cemetery will be voting anyway. There you go. <laughs> Well, there is so much riding on the outcome of this election, from jobs and economic growth to secure borders, health care, educational choice. Our correspondent, Juan Garcia, filed this report to bring us up to date. Following the contentious and somewhat volatile 2016 election, the 2018 midterms present an opportunity for change of power. Currently, Republicans are in control of both houses of Congress. And historically speaking, the odds oppose a president in midterm elections. Over the past month, President Trump has made a concerted effort on the campaign trail. A vote for Marcia, Marcia, Cindy, and a vote for Steve is a vote for me. Political polls are showing that recent controversial events are changing the dynamics of these congressional races even further. We spoke with Vanderbilt professor Joshua Clinton about his research on the important midterm elections. If it's like within 10 points, I think there's enough wiggle room and that's really hard to say what's going on there. And so that's why I would never ever look at a poll and decide whether I should vote or participate on the basis of a poll. And we caught up with CBN News chief political analyst David Brody to get the breakdown on the key issues for voters. Well, the Democrats have tried to make this main issue about health care. And of course, the Republicans are pushing the economy. And, you know, it's interesting. The economy we know is doing so well. And because of that, uh, Republicans have a, a winning hand to play. I think the issue, though, is that Donald Trump sometimes gets in the way of his own message because of some of what he does on Twitter and it kind of has the media chasing a different narrative every day. By now, you've seen the commercials and you've heard from the president, pundits, professionals, and polls. Now it's time to make your voice heard. Exercise your right to vote and make a difference in how this nation is led. My first guest is a former producer for Inside Edition and the producer and host of Trump Productions' Real News Update. She just happens to be the wife of President Trump's son, Eric, which makes her one of the very few media figures who actually has some reliable sources inside the White House. Aside from me, of course. Well, she worked on the 2016 Trump presidential campaign and as a senior advisor to his re-election campaign. Here to talk about what's at stake in next week's elections, please welcome Laura Trump. Laura, thank you so much for being here. I know it's an incredibly busy time just before the midterms. Uh, give us a preview. What are you seeing because you're traveling every single day out on the campaign trail? What's your prediction for Tuesday? Honestly, uh, I, I, it's really interesting because in 2016, I saw things out on the campaign trail that the media wasn't reporting, and I feel like it's very similar right now. Um, the reality is that people are energized. The Republican base is ready to get out and vote. I think they are the message has gotten out, thanks to President Trump, by the way, go, doing all these rallies and talking to people all across this country, that everything is on the line in these midterms and that people have to get out and vote for Republicans. 2014, you married Eric Trump. A year later, your father-in-law says, I'm running for president. How much <laughs> notice did you get that that was going to happen and you were marrying into this family who suddenly went from a business family to the most political family on the face of God's green earth? 
Well, I certainly did not know uh, when I married Eric that that this would happen, of course. I'd heard him kind of talk about it, and, and, you know, he was like all of us. He was frustrated with what he saw happening in the country, and this country had given Donald Trump everything. He, it really made him the epitome of the American dream. He saw it being stripped away from people, and he would always say, you know, why is China ripping us off? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is no one paying attention to the things that matter to this country? And, and I, I guess like all of us, he finally got so fed up with it that he decided to do this. And um, I, I commend him so much because I'm sure you know his life would probably be a lot easier right now had he never decided to do this. But he really loves this country. And uh, I, I'm just so proud of him. I'm so proud to be a part of this family and, and really to do anything I can to support him. I was always impressed that this is an incredibly close-knit family. There, there was an extraordinary warmth and yeah. resilience and a tenderness there that most people probably didn't even know. The rabbi this week in Pittsburgh, uh, who had the very unfortunate duty of, of taking the president and first lady to the memorial site, made the comment afterwards that the president was tender and kind and thoughtful. and. He said there was a side of him that the country never sees. Why doesn't the country see that? What is it that the press is afraid <laughs> of letting them see? Well, Mike, I feel like you know this as well as anyone. <laughs> the reality is if they showed how much Donald Trump really cared and they showed the real person that he is, a lot more people would probably like him. And they cannot have that happen because... He's doing such a good job that the only card that they have to play on the other side is talking about what a bad guy Donald Trump is. Because if you look at the country, the country is finally headed in the right direction. We have a booming economy. We have the lowest unemployment in many respects in the history of this country. We have, you know, jobs coming back, factories coming back to this country, a level playing field across the world, hopefully very, very soon with, with every country when it comes to trade. Um, the possibility of a denuclearized Korean peninsula. So much has happened in less than two years with this president. He is delivering on his promises and, and delivering real results for the public. So I think they're very scared to show people the side of Donald Trump that I know, that you know, because it would probably mean that a lot more people liked him. So here we are, as usual, with, with the media doing what they do. Having raised some political children, I, I also know that it's painful sometimes for them to see uh, a family member portrayed in such harsh terms. Your father-in-law has been compared to Hitler, to Stalin, uh, worse than ISIS. Someone on CNN just said this past week. I just can't imagine uh, the audacity of people to say such things. How do you deal with it on a personal level, you and Eric and other members of the family? Oh, well, it's not easy. And, and I hope people find it as disturbing as we do to hear those references and to hear them try and liken him to someone as disgusting as Hitler or, my gosh, ISIS. I won't say it gets easier to hear. Unfortunately, we kind of get used to hearing those sorts of things. But um, I think at the end of the day, I always think about the future. And the fact is, Donald Trump is going to leave office one day and he's going to leave this country in much better shape than he found it. And when history reflects back on him, I think that history will show that he's one of the best presidents this country has ever had. I always tell him that I think history will reflect very kindly on him and that he will, again, be one of the greatest presidents we've ever had. Laura Trump, good luck on the campaign trail and getting people out to vote in one of the most important elections in American history. Now, you can also watch her weekly Real News updates under News at DonaldJTrump.com. You can also follow her on Twitter at Laura Lee Trump. Keith, I want to vote and elect you to tell us a little more about our show tonight. Coming up, RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel talks first Tuesday. And later, the Politichicks talk what women really want from Washington. Then Dan Celia takes the mystery out of your finances. More Huckabee is on the way. So who doesn't want more of this great show? Well, now you can get it anywhere, anytime on Huckabee.tv. You can watch us live, on demand, or catch up on a favorite segment that you may have missed. 
and you can click on the button for my website, MikeHuckabee.com. That way you can get my daily analysis of the news or click the blue button for my Twitter feed at GovMikeHuckabee. It's all available 24-7 at Huckabee.tv. Well, my next guest is the second woman ever elected chair of the Republican National Committee. During the 2016 election, Ronna McDaniel helped deliver Michigan for Donald Trump and the GOP for the first time in decades. She rose from a long list of political service in Michigan, serving from state leadership all the way to her hometown PTA. Please welcome Republican National Committee Chair Ronna McDaniel. Ronna, first of all, delighted to have you here. And let's pretend for a moment that I'm trying to... Uh, be one of those undecided voters. I can't imagine why I'd be undecided this close to the election, but tell me why I should vote for the Republicans next Tuesday. Those are the voters that typically decide the election, so we need them to go vote, first of all, and then we're making that final closing argument to them, which is, are you better off than you were two years ago? Wages have just shown today that they've grown at the fastest pace in a decade. We're adding jobs to our economy. More people are off of food stamps, over four million people off of food stamps. People are doing better, their lives are better. And why would we turn that around? And that's because of Republican policies of cutting taxes and deregulation and all the good things that have come out of this administration. These are the best employment numbers for African-Americans and for Hispanics ever, not just in the last two years or 10 years, but ever. Uh, will we see that reflected in minority and the voting when it comes time when people say, you know what, by golly, this president, I may not always agree with his comments, but he's delivered. When you say the lowest ever in history in the African-American and Hispanic communities, this is not a number to them, they feel it. And we are seeing the president's approval rating grow within those communities because they like parties and politicians that deliver results. That's something that their communities value. The president promised that on the campaign trail also when he went around to communities that traditional Republicans didn't always campaign in. And I was Michigan chair. President Trump came to Detroit and he came to Flint, Michigan and he said, we can do better and he's delivering. Immigration is a hot issue for this election. We see the caravan coming north from uh, Central American countries. Uh, the president has put troops on the border. It's, it's a daily news story. Is it a big news story? Is it an election mover for Republicans or for Democrats? We don't have the bandwidth to deal with this many people coming to our border. The catch and release system is a failure where people come to our border, they're released in the interior, and then they don't show up for court dates. There are so many flaws with our immigration system. The president is taking on issue after issue, and Democrats are sitting on their hands. And this is a huge issue, and I think this caravan highlights once again that Democrats aren't working on the issues that their constituents care about. Ronna, a lot of the... Uh Pundits have suggested the Democrats will win the House, Republicans will keep the Senate, even add seats. What is the implication? What is the consequence if the House goes back to Nancy Pelosi, Speaker, and Democrats in the majority? Well, Nancy Pelosi will weaponize the House. She will use it for subpoena power, for investigations, and all she will do is shut this government down for two years. All these good things that we are seeing as our country is on a historic comeback will grind to a halt. Over the past decade, Republicans have had big gains at the state legislative level, at the governor's level. What do you see out in the uh, landscape for the more local races, for Republicans and Democrats? Yeah, so the state races are really interesting, and a lot of it is boiling down to historic trends in states where you have eight-party um, rule of one, of, one, of one party, like Michigan, where we've had eight years of one governor uh, as who's a Republican, and typically we flip to a Democrat governor after that. So there's, there's some of those in play, and then some of it's candidate-driven in these different states. So uh, Republicans have had historic gains. It's going to be neck and neck in a lot of these states like Wisconsin and Ohio so that we can keep Republican governors. But again, voters have to look at what have the Republican governors delivered. And across the country, it's higher wages, better jobs, and better economies for these Republican-governed states. Well. Rhonda, thank you very much for joining us. Always a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you, Governor. And you can keep up with Rhonda by following her on social media at GOP Chairwoman. Now, we invited DNC Chairman Tom Perez to come on the show, but he declined. Keith Bilbrey, however, did not decline. He showed up, so he's going to tell us what's next. 
Up next, Mike puts the fun back in the news on In Case You Missed It. And we get down to brass tacks on politics with the Politichicks. Then country music legend Jeannie Seeley celebrates her career right here on Huckabee. I was kind of hoping they played a little more of that. It was good. And our band leader, Trey Corley, he has donned a new cap tonight in honor of some faithful viewers. So, Trey, why don't you tell us who you're out there repping tonight? Gov, this one's good. I'm telling you, this one's good. Now, when I say Billings, Montana, I know your mind goes right to rim rocks and sandstone cliffs, but not Kelly Back and I right back here behind us. Not us. No, 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 no. I think of, yes, you thought of it, Gov, authentic fresh tortillas. In Montana. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the first thing comes to my mind yes. in Montana. Now bear with me. This is you important. Bet. Okay. Because when I think of fresh tortillas, I also think about our friends at Trevino's Tortillas. And I can honestly say that Chris and Destiny Trevino, now I'm going to tell you, they are way cool people. I mean, they sent us a whole box of tortillas. I don't think you got any. I, I did I not get any. But I can vouch. I am not lying. I can vouch that once you've tested Trevina's tortillas, you'll be saying, muy bueno! Goodness, I hope not. No. Because I have no idea what that means. Muy bueno! Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, somebody get some medication for Trey. He's clearly... <laughs> Uh, having some issues, but our thanks to the Trevino's for letting us know about their delicious business and sending Trey the stylish hat and the tortillas. Though I didn't get any. <laughs> if you want to taste some of the Trevino's fresh and delicious tortillas that even feature flavored ones like salsa and pesto, who knew? Visit Trevino's Tortillas on Facebook. All right, well, from flaming pest control to Humvees from heaven. We've got the news that will make you flip your wig. Did you catch it? It's an archaic political joke for the people in the audience who still don't get it. Anyway, the segment we call In Case You Missed It. All right, well, lots of kids just got lots of candy and gifts dropped in their bags at Halloween, but there was a much bigger surprise than candy corn or a full-size candy bar that dropped in on the town of Johnsonville, North Carolina, because a C-17 cargo plane was on a military exercise to parachute a Humvee onto a target at Fort Bragg. But the crew slightly miscalculated the drop by about seven miles. And with that accuracy, they could be political pollsters. <laughs> now, civilians heard a big boom, and they saw that a Humvee had landed in a back garden, narrowly missing two houses and the residence. I'll bet some people thought that Jeff Bezos from Amazon was going overboard with his Amazon drone delivery right to your door concept. Well, as you can imagine, the Army is investigating, and they told local media, and I quote, everything went as planned, except for the early release, end quote. <laughs> if that's not the military, I don't know what is. Picky, picky, picky. Well, the Army sent a team to retrieve the home-delivered Humvee. I'll tell you, if I were the homeowner, I'd say, hey, doesn't the law say if something's delivered to my house by mistake, I get to keep it? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want a free Humvee to weed his wife's garden? even if it did nearly land on his head. All right, well, if you're like me, you're looking for that unforgettable Christmas gift for the lady in your life. How about this? This is this season's most talked about pair of shoes. Fashion label, Fecal Matter, and that is the brand. I'm not making this up. It's actually the brand. It's not the materials used for the shoes. It's getting all kinds of response to their fantasy-inspired footwear. They recently shared a picture of their latest creation, and these shoes are right out of a science fiction flick. They are thigh-high featured 
monstrous toes and a backside horn on each one. Our audience is going, ugh. I don't see sales are going to be great out of this bunch here. The social media response was swift. One person said, I hate this so much. Now, how could that be? Another declared, it's a no for me. Thigh high boots, but make it nasty. Ugh. But a whole bunch of Fecal Matters followers hoped to get their own pair. One fan said, gorgeous. This is art to me. Another shouted, this is so delightfully out there. Boy, that's an understatement. And then another one said, these are horrifying, and I totally want to wear them. <laughs> well, I agree with the first half of that statement. According to Vogue magazine, Fecal Matter wants to make these shoes wearable and available to the public. Oh, poo, you mean we can't get a pair already? I was really looking forward to it. I just wonder if some nice Oxfords with a bad rash and a third eye are going to be available. Weird stuff. All right, our next story. The nation of India is known for its wild driving, but it's also getting famous for wildlife driving. You may remember our Indian bus driver who let a monkey take the wheel. Well, now comes police video from the town of Bandapur, where officers pulled over a male suspected of poaching. As they searched his motor scooter and lifted the seat, what did they find? Three deadly cobras. That's right, right under his bum. Now, we've all heard of snakes in the grass, but never snakes in the... Well, shame on you. I, I was not going there. I was just going to say snakes in the scooter. Police said the cobras were alive and hissing and, quote, showed aggression toward their rescuers. Well, cobras aren't famous for their sense of gratitude, people. The poacher is facing charges, but on the bright side, no matter what the punishment he gets, it will still be better than if the snakes had taken a bite out of crime if you know what I mean. And finally, from our picture is worth a thousand words file, we came upon some restaurants that probably have great food and service, but their names just seem to have maybe, let's just say, missed the mark. For instance, this fine French dining establishment that seems to look down upon its customers. Le Idiot. It's actually a restaurant. Or this Thai establishment, Thai Panic. <laughs> the place seems to give its customers that sinking feeling whenever they dine there. And for those of you who dreamed of a German restaurant that's a gas, and it sells fishing tackle too, for a wunderbar time, visit, I cannot say it, I just can't do it. I cannot do that. But that's the name of it, it's on the screen. If Stevie Wonder is watching, have someone tell you what it is because I'm not gonna do it. And then there's the Italian restaurant that offers cuisine transmitted goodness, Herpes Pizza. Yes, I'll take a large with anchovies and a medical exam, please. Fitness folks have to steer clear of soon fat. It's a Chinese takeout. Imagine that. Hello, thank you for calling soon fat. Yes, you will be when you eat this stuff. I'll bet they give out misfortune cookies with every order. And what do you get when you combine Vietnamese dishes with hip-hop sensibility? Faux sizzle, faux sure. That's <laughs> Hope they don't use Snoop Dogg or Cat for that matter. They're turning on me out here. Honestly, I can't blame them. I just wonder if Captain Hook and the Lost Boys dine at Pita Pan. Hummus to goodness, I want to know. Well, with all those creative yet awkward names, we do have a champion. It comes to us from the great state of Hawaii. <laughs> I don't make these up. I, I mean, these are real, folks. We get them off the interweb. Itchy butt chicken and joy. And that is the perfect example of why we read the news and restaurant signs so you don't have to. There you go. Yes, they just told me in my ear the network executives would like a word with me after the show. I hope we're back next week. We don't know. Well, you first met my next two guests through their many roles in movies and TV and shows like Dallas and The Young and the Restless. But their careers took a very unusual turn for anyone in Hollywood. They both became conservative political commentators. They're co-owners of the popular conservative website, 
politichicks.com. And their latest book is entitled Politichicks, A Clarion Call to Political Activism. Would you please welcome the Politichicks, Anne-Marie Morell and Morgan Brittany. And I want to apologize for bringing you out here right after that nonsense that I just did. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It my, was great. My parents are watching in Texas. They're going to love that I hope more than so. any of the rest of this show. <laughs> mm -hmm. Morgan, one of the things you're famous for is you shot. I shot, ran over, and tried to kill, and killed, and then he came back to life, Bobby, Bobby Ewing. Ewing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yes. You're, yes. you're not really good at murder, are no. you? Uh, no, I'm yeah, not. I mean, I'm not. Not only did you get him down, but he comes back, I mean, for heaven's sake. Exactly. You should have been on my end of that phone call. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I think there were so many people that were outraged that, you know, he's dead, now he's back. And Oh, I know. I mean, you guys yeah. are a true anomaly in that you've both had successful careers on stage and screen, mm -hmm. and yet now you're known for your conservative political views, which is just... Must, it's got to be a little awkward out there, right, in the entertainment world? <laughs> well, I, if, if Morgan was an A actress, I was Z. I was my, my biggest role. I got thrown off a Hollywood freeway bridge before the opening credits, and the last thing you saw of me was a semi going, <laughs> so. Anne-Marie, yeah. you are a star to me and to all of oh, us. We you. are so happy you're here. Politichicks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Politichicks is an incredible creation that you guys came up with a few years ago. Almost a decade ago. I know, and it's yeah. hard to believe it's yeah. been that long. Yeah. What is it about your website and your, your efforts to try to help women understand their role in the political world? I was a Democrat. I was, I was a Democrat. I was the kind of Democrat. Oh. I voted for Bill Clinton two times. Yeah. <laughs> They're being so nice. Out I know. There. They're so yeah, sweet. They well, I mean, because Bill Clinton loved women so much, I voted for him twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. The thing about being a former Democrat, which I wish everyone was, is once you've lived in the darkness and you see that light, you want to share it with the world. Mm -hmm. And that's what mm -hmm. Morgan and I do. Yeah. So, Morgan, Politichicks tries to help frame issues in a way that women will understand and appreciate right. and help them to say, not all women are liberals. Exactly, exactly. I think the turning point for me, um, Governor, was when I, a very, very famous manager wanted to manage me and wanted to make me, you know, uh, the, the next big thing. And he happened to see that I was wearing my cross necklace. Mm. And he came over and he took it off my neck and he said, if you want to work with me, you're going to have to lose this. Wow. And I Just that blunt. That blunt. He Whoa. said, there is no religion in Hollywood. <laughs> and <That's> I, true, <laughs> I went home. And of course, when you're a young actress, you think, wow, you know, this is a big break for me. No. The next morning, it was clear as a bell. I called him back and I said, you know something? I don't think we're on the same page. Mm. And I did not sign on with him because I couldn't do it. Good for you. I could not do it. Good but for you. Honestly, with Politichicks, what Anne Marie, when she recruited me, we decided that we were going to motivate people, women, men as well, motivate them to actually get involved. If they saw things, let's not be quiet anymore. Hmm. Let's speak up. Let's make our feelings known. If something's not right at school, you go to that school and you stand up and say, no, this is not right. You wouldn't believe the people all over this country that have gotten the courage to do it. Well, you saw it in the last election. Yeah. You saw it. Everybody came out, and they're going to come out again. Well, and that was my next question. We are virtually hours from the midterm elections. Exactly. All this talk about a blue wave, that it's going to be a wipeout for uh, the Republicans in Congress, more the House than the Senate. Mm -hmm. You see a blue wave coming? No. Uh -uh. Okay, uh -uh. why not? Why not? Because everybody else no. that are the pundits, all the professionals, all the experts mm -hmm. are saying it's inevitable. So why do you see it differently? They said the same thing about Hillary. 
They said that she was going to win. We were in New York. We were covering the elections in New York on election night, and everybody was still saying that. As we were walking through downtown Manhattan on election night, it was dead silent. Oh, yeah. There were people yeah. crying was, out the streets. Yeah. Yes, I was. Crazy. And it was funny, because we were like, something's happening, Morgan. And it was like, it was like it, the, the later it got, the more evident it was that, that we were winning. And you know something, Governor? They still don't know who we are. No. That's the reason that they're talking about this blue wave. They don't know who we are. They still don't, after all of this. But they listen to the media, the radical leftists. They listen to all of that. They still don't understand us. You know, they don't know what we want. We sometimes think that if we want to make America a better place, mm -hmm. we, we have to focus on politics. The truth is, we have to focus on the spiritual yes. issues yeah. that yes. drive politi yeah. political issues. Right. It's not that politics drives the spiritual things. The spiritual things really drive politics, and, and we need to be crying they out do. to God they for do. an right. answer. And, and I, I've got to tell you, the entertainment business is doing its best to erase religion and faith oh, yeah. and family yes, values. They are doing their best to try to do that. Well, I just want to say to our audience, if you want to know what's happening in the political world, then read the latest every day from Anne-Marie Morell, Morgan Brittany, and all the great writers at politichicks.com. You can also book them to come speak at your events. I mean, look how much fun they are here. Imagine <laughs> if you had them in person for a longer period of time. And be sure and follow the Politichicks on Twitter. It's all right there on your screen. Keith, take it away. You got it. Coming up, money expert Dan Celia wants to help you succeed financially. Then country music star Jeannie Seeley joins us. More Huckabee is on the way. Well, imagine visiting countries that once were free, then they lost their freedom, and then they regained their liberty. Well, you can experience some of those countries with me next August during my Baltic Experience cruise. So when it's so hot across the U.S., it's nice and cool and pleasant in the Baltics. So as we sailed beautiful ports of call like St. Petersburg, Estonia, Sweden, Finland, and Denmark, you're going to see breathtaking beauty and experience a taste of liberty as we provide some uplifting experiences and entertainment aboard a luxury cruise ship. And we're going to have the entire ship to ourselves, so don't let us leave without you. Go to thegreatesttrip.com for all the details. All right, let me ask you something. Do you ever get amused whenever economic numbers come out and we're told that the economists are surprised by the good news? I mean, you have to wonder if economists ever predict it right, if they're always surprised. Every month they're surprised. Well, my next guest was just with me on a cruise. But he's here to prove that not all economists are surprised. He is a successful entrepreneur, a sought-after speaker. He's one of America's most trusted financial advisors. His show, Financial Issues, is heard daily online in over 600 radio stations and three television networks. But it isn't your typical money show. Financial Issues is a ministry, and it offers sound financial advice from a biblically responsible perspective. Here to help us ride out the current stock market tremors and political earthquakes with our savings intact, welcome my go-to guy for solid and sound financial wisdom, Dan Celia. Dan. Governor, it's great to be here. Nice having you here. Thank you. And I'm glad October is over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am too. Uh, you know, the stock market goes up and down and people get all nervous about it. They talk about it all the time. Should we be worried or comforted? What, what's the average person out there that has a 401k to think about what's happening? So the average person needs to decide that, hey, I'm, I'm an investor. I'm not a trader. I'm an investor. And I'm going to get in. I'm going to get good, solid strategy. And I'm going to stay in. And it's hard to do when things go bad. But if you can do it, uh, that's, that's what you have to do. And your 401k, of course, that's long-term. Yeah. The beauty of that is you can't get to it. So, but you can make some changes yeah. 
and get a little bit too conservative instead of riding out some of the things you have. You, you have to believe in your strategy, yeah. have a good strategy. The strategies that we work on that I, that I help people with is one that is honoring God. We're making sure that you're not investing in those things that would grieve the heart of God. And yet we invest in those things unknowingly hmm. in our mutual funds and those kinds of things. There's not too many, it's hard to do. And that's what we try to do is to wave around that. There's one mutual fund, Timothy, that is biblically responsible, Timothy funds. Uh, that's about it. You know, hmm. uh, so we work on individual stocks, individual companies, help people build a portfolio that is honoring God. Let's back up and look at the big picture of the economy. Okay. Some numbers came out this week that are just staggering. Lowest unemployment rate uh, since 1973 overall. Why aren't people just jumping up and down excited about the economy? You, you, you'd think they would be. You would think. But the media is not going to let that happen. No, you mean they're not with us on that? No, they're not with us on that. You know, they, um, and, and that's the problem. You know, it is an unbelievable economy. I, I wrote this week, I don't know how it could be possible that we couldn't get out to vote on Tuesday for this, not, not just the economy, but for the fact that America is moving forward, yes, economically. And I heard something from President Obama this week saying as he was criticizing the president, well, who started all this? <laughs> and I was thinking, I wonder who, he can't be talking about him, right? <laughs> so, uh, but who started all this? And I'm, and, but they, the scary part about it is there are the media that believe it. And he's the only president in the history of the nation that has had eight consecutive years of GDP growth below 2%. Mm. It's never happened. Poverty rate went up every month he was in office. Food stamps, highest it's ever been and went up every month. People on disability benefits. The labor participation rate hit a 40-year low. It, what, there was nothing about that eight years that said anything about a growing economy. Now... Now we are having economic expansion to the likes of which we haven't seen in, well, technically, when we look at unemployment, we look at GDP, uh, employment, those kinds of things, the best in at least 15 years, I would submit it's probably the best in 25 years. And so what does that mean to the guy who is just coming home from a hard day's work standing on a concrete floor? Why should he care what you just said? Well, first of all, when we, when we talk about that guy, the heartbeat of America, we have the fastest, the most, the, the quickest pace of employment in blue collar workers than we've ever seen as of this hmm. month. I mean, it's unbelievable. But what he gets at, it doesn't matter if he's investing, it's irrelevant. But there's opportunity to work. There's opportunity to get ahead. There's more advancement in his, whatever his trade is, whatever his profession is. The opportunities that come from that is, is unbelievable. And that's where the average American is benefiting. And you need to understand that you, you feel better about your job. You feel better that you're not going to get laid off, that it's still going to be there a month from now. And when unemployment gets that low, it means that there is a competition for the guy who's willing to work. If, yes. If this guy who I'm working for won't pay me very well. There's a guy over here that's desperate for somebody to work in his company, and he will pay me more. So the, the value to that guy of low unemployment is he's worth more right and now. That's happening right now. Wage growth up the highest it's been in 15 years because the, the plumber or the IT wizard can go in and say, hey, I love, I love this company, been here 12 years but the guy down the road's offering me a dollar seventy-five more an hour. I gotta yeah. go. I got a family. Yeah. And the and the employer says, "I'll give you two. Yeah. You gotta stay because they can't afford to lose anybody because there's no one coming in behind them. And these are companies that are growing. Thank My you. thanks to Dan Celia for helping us all keep our heads and our money when people around us are losing both their heads and their money. <laughs> and I hope you'll come back again and be with us. Until then, be sure and find Dan on Twitter. You can search for At Financial Issues. And for his current and past radio shows and a whole lot more, visit financialissues.org. Keith Bilbrey, 
I don't know what you've got invested over there, but tell us what the show has invested for the rest of us. Oh, you're going to love this. One of the great ladies of country music, Jeannie Seeley, joins us next. Huckabee's coming back in 60 seconds. Samaritan's Purse responds when natural disasters strike. And right now, their volunteers are helping homeowners remove the wreckage as well as restore the homes and families that have been crushed by hurricanes in the Carolinas as well as Florida. I hope you can provide needed supplies and volunteers to bring some relief and restoration in Jesus' name. All it takes is just a call or a visit to Samaritan's Purse website today. There are some really hurting people out there, and they're waiting for you to lend a hand. I hope you will. Well, 51 years ago, my next guest became a member of the Grand Old Opry right here in Nashville, and she still performs there every week. Her heartfelt singing vocals earned her the title Miss Country Soul. I want you to make welcome one of the true legends in the country music business, Jeannie Seeley. Jeannie, great having you here. Thank you. This is a great crowd. Well, real you're a quick, great man, person. They're all happy. Real, real quick. Before, yes. Because I'll get sidetracked real quick. But Samaritan's Purse you yes, just talked about, I was flooded in the flood of 2010 here in Nashville, and Samaritan's Purse helped me a great wow. deal. And what a great testimonial yes. of what Absolutely. they do. Absolutely. They're wonderful. Other than that, I was on the Opry stage right after the flood, and and they were, uh, we were, it was on everybody's mind, and I knew that, so I just brought it up, and I told them that I realized right away how wonderful people are, because people would come up to me and say, Jeannie, what do you need right now? And I told them, Botox. <laughs> okay. Well, I did. <laughs> And can you believe that FEMA does not cover Botox? I am shocked, Jeannie. What are they thinking? What is wrong with our government that I, they couldn't provide a, a lady a little Botox along the way? Well, we need to discuss some of this. But what do you got on mind, Governor? As of now, nothing. Not a <laughs> doggone thing. All right, let me ask you something. Because 51 years singing at the Grand Ole Opry, I, it may be a record, I don't know. But I mean, that's, that's a pretty incredible legacy. What do you love about being on the Opry stage? I love absolutely everything about being on the Opry stage. It, the Opry has been a way of life for me. The Opry stands for so much, I think. It represents family, and I always wanted to be a part of that family, not just on stage, but just to feel a part of that family and that support from everybody. I think we try to show family um, morals and support as much as we possibly can. And you know, for so long, the country entertainment world seemed to be very different than other forms of entertainment. In what you just said, mm -hmm. it was a family uh, of artists. They looked after each other. If one of them had a problem, the others kind of mm -hmm. went and helped them out and made sure that everybody kind of survived it together. Is Nashville changed? Is country music changing? Is it, is it the same as it was? Well, of course it's changing. And uh, I, d I can't really say that that support isn't there among the younger entertainers because I'm close friends with a lot of the younger entertainers coming up because I certainly want them to care about the Opry and those values because, you know, Sarah Cannon said one time, Sarah Cannon will have to die someday, but Minnie Pearl doesn't ever have to. Mm. Yes. Mm. And that's the way I feel about the Opry. I, uh, I know one day I'll no longer be able to entertain at the Opry. I want to see some young people come in caring about it so then I know that Grand Old Opry will still be there for me to enjoy. I don't want it tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I don't but. think there's any, any worry that that would happen this soon. <laughs> but let's talk about something that did just happen for you, and that is uh, your star on the Music City Walk of Fame. That is a big deal. Oh. I can't believe it took this long for it to happen, but I'm glad it did. <laughs> Well, I was 
so thrilled. Uh, I was so shocked. I opened the mail and I opened that letter. What is this about? And I stood there reading. I said, I sat down and said, does this say what I think it says? So I was so thrilled and so honored. And I hope that everybody, if you're downtown Nashville, will go by and, if possible, kind of, you know, maybe do a little happy dance or something <laughs> on my star. But I know how busy you are, and I can't expect you, Governor, to make a special trip down there, so I brought it to you. So here we go. What did you do? I didn't mean for him to put it so far under the <laughs> Could You want me to go come? down there and get yeah, it? Yeah, here we go. I'll, I will come get Let's it. Let's get our picture. Oh, my, look at this. That is beautiful, How about the Genie Sealy Music City Walk of Fame, August 21st, 2018. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. Thank Isn't you, Jeannie. Yeah. What a nice thing you brought it to us. I did. I want to say thank you. I've loved you a long time. I used to play your records when I was a disc jockey, working yeah. my way through college, and so thank you for helping me get an education, Jeannie. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I hope the right kind of education. Well, no, if your music but, hadn't been so good, uh, maybe I would have never kept that job at the radio station. Well, you know, I don't know why you asked me to be at the show, but I came here looking for a bass player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, we have a good one over there, but she's not available because she's playing in Trey's band, but I'm available. There you go. Nobody wants me, so I'm in. All I'm right, all in. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, to find out more about Jeannie Seeley's music, her shows, Opry performances, go to JeannieSeeley.com. You can also listen to her show on Willie's Roadhouse channel on Sirius XM. And for an online exclusive of Jeannie singing her classic song, Anyone, Go to Huckabee.tv. Watch it right there because we're going to have it on our own TV channel, Huckabee.tv. Okay. Keith, Keith, I'm holding on to this lovely lady. You tell us how we're going to finish off tonight. Let me tell you, you got off light tonight, I promise you. Up next, Mike has some simple facts that can change your future. So stay tuned. President Dwight D. Eisenhower said, the future of this republic is in the hands of the American voter. Nothing could be more true. That's why I want to remind you one last time to get out there this Tuesday, no matter your party, and be sure and cast your vote. Our thanks to our great guest lineup tonight. Be sure to join us next week. We're going to be celebrating and honoring our veterans, including two World War II servicemen who went through the Battle of Iwo Jima. You do not want to miss it. Until then, good night, God bless, have a great week, and go vote. See you next week.